ready. Yeah. Okay. On page 108, I'm going to repeat a few things people asked me to clarify. So let's go to page 108. And it's very interesting. This is very much connected to this week's parsha, the coming parsha. Next week's parsha, really, not Chukas Babolik. Let's just first read what he says, number three, 108 in the bottom. Number three, he says, Iker Hadas, he says, the, the essence of knowledge is in the heart. This is a very, very important thing. You know, a person's knowledge could be knowledgeable, but the knowledge is not connected to his heart. There are many people who believe it's terrible to do something, but they seem to, the heart is not there. You know, someone could say to you, it's tragic and it's sad that you lost a family member. He's very cold about it, because his, he could understand there is a tragedy losing someone. He has, everyone would understand, but to feel for you, it has to come from the heart. The das and the heart, that means understanding, and the heart have to connect. If they don't connect, usually people don't follow through. So he says, again, so the essence of knowledge is not for the, so he says, for the Gentiles also possess knowledge. They also have knowledge, but the knowledge has no heart. That means what's very important is to connect very much your intelligence to your heart. You should feel it. See, when a person really feels what he believes and he does, he really does a much better job. Often, you know, a person loves to do his job, will do a great job what he's doing, even though it might not be such an important job because he loves what he does. When a person's mind is connected to his heart, then whatever he does comes as we say in English, heartfelt. Everything comes through in a heartfelt thing. So however, he explains, is when it exists in the heart is written, God did not give you the heart to know. Shem did not give you. So a Jewish person, that's what Hashem says in the Torah, also we could have knowledge, but it's not with our heart. That's why, this is one of the reasons why Rabbi Nachman Breslov, we spoke about this last week, encouraged talking to Hashem. Because talking, when a person talks, the more you talk, the more you get connected. The more your mind and heart gets. Because you know something, but it's not, it doesn't really get connected to you in a strong way. He says, Heine, now let me explain, um, you know, we say in, in the Davin, Mishpotim, Baal Yedoim, in, in the Halalukad, the, the things of the laws is not, sort of not known. Meaning there is sometimes you know something and you don't know it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you understand it, but you don't. Meaning to say it's deep, deep, yeah, yeah, I, you know. When I try to convince people not to smoke, they know smoking is not good. They know, know a little bit. They don't want to know about it. It's not up front. They don't want to really look at it. Face the problem, face. And knowledge is the more you face it, the more you connect your knowledge to your heart. So he says, let me go. The, now he explains, the seat of fear is also in the heart. Fearing Hashem 
is also in the heart. It's page 110 in the top, 111, that is the page. Seating, he says, uh, the seat of fear is also in the heart. He says, in other words, the essence of knowledge is to know God is one's heart and not just in one's mind. You see what he's explaining over here? You know, there's a mitzvah in the Torah to have awe of Hashem. This is very not understood correctly. Mitzvah to have Yerashimayim. Yerashimayim means there's two types. Yerashimayim, a person should be afraid to violate the words of Hashem because there's a punishment. A person wants to do good because there's a reward. But then there's a much higher level. The main Yerushalayim is to really awe the greatness of Hashem. Just thinking how incredible greatness the universe and Hashem created the universe and how He has made us and He has made everything. That also, there are people, you know, I, I, I pointed it out to, to have a friend who is a physicist and uh, we used to go years ago stargazing up in the mountains with a telescope. He's uh, when we both had more time. And, and we used to, used to, used to read articles about new things, about what? Astrophysics. The, the writers always write it with an awe feeling. But he told me this person that is the writer is known to be a very low character. He's a 60 year old man, and his new girlfriend, not married, a professor, but his new girlfriend is 24 years old. Could be his daughter or granddaughter, you know what I mean? That means a person, remember, the person could have knows, there's a certain knowledge, you know, you don't do this. You don't have to be brilliant just to know. What are you doing? What are you doing? That, and if you probably talk to him, he'll be embarrassed about it if you confront him, you know. The reason is, you, and he is awed by the universe. And if he writes articles, he writes about such an, he's, it's awe. But he doesn't connect his intelligence to the heart. Doesn't sort of connect. Yeah, it's awesome. This is an awesome thing. You know, but I, when I, uh, not for me. Sort of, he, he gets cut off his mind from his heart. You know, the, the, I always tell people, even though we do think it's the heart is here, but we do, wherever the heart really feeling comes from, Many believe it's in the brain. That's not the point. The point is your feelings and intellect must connect. And when they connect, it has a daily impact in you. So when you have the fear of Hashem, the awesome of Hashem, and you know something is wrong, even though you're tempted to do it, you're not going to do it because there's an awe feeling that it has. But if a person just is very intellectual, then he's tempted. People are tempted and have reasons why they do, psychological reasons why they do such a thing and whatever the situation is. They do it, it's not going to stop them because the intellect says, yes, it's great and it's nice and Hashem is so big, but it's, not, it's still connecting to him to live this way gets disconnected sort of because I have a feeling and I have a desire and I have an emotional need why I'm doing something that's not appropriate. When it gets sort of connected, you realize, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. this. I really shouldn't, not just disconnect. The connection makes you feel not to do it. See, life is tempting. Otherwise, life would be boring here. We were put in this world for challenges. 
You know, every person has to realize we're here. I always tell people that it's amazing. Just to live is a challenge. Just to make sure you have a living, you have an income, that you eat well, take care of your body, you brush your teeth, just to take care of yourself. Then, of course, if you have a family, it is a challenge. You have children, it is a challenge. Then, the greatest challenge is to be religious because we are tempted. You know, we are tempted to do this, maybe we want to do this, and we, sh like, like explain Shabbos, jealousy is a, a person who has jealousy is a terrible challenge for a person. Some people are born for a reason, whatever it is, have incredible amount of jealousy. Certain people have a small amount of jealousy, but whatever jealousy a person has, it is a challenge. So what happens is the more a person connects the mind to his, the, the, the heart, to, the, to the, the thing, he could overcome the challenges. And that is the main, main thing, because, you know, I, I, I've often said this over here in a very simple explanation, that a Bani Shalom has angels who do exactly what he wants. The sun shines, he has no choice. The sun didn't wake up this morning and says, you know what? I want to stay in bed, not come out and shine. The sun was put there, does exactly, it's burning, exactly how the Rebunishling programmed it and how many billion years it's going to be there. And it's going to do its job. And the earth is going to turn on its axis and the moon is going to do its job. There's certain things that are just programmed this way. Malochim also programmed. We are not programmed. We, there is a little bit of programming is, I always tell people when you're hungry, your body screams to you, but we still, has to go, we still have to go eat. You're tired, your body begs to rest. You gotta lay down to rest, there is, but it's, it, but it's connected to the free will. We, the Shem wants us to have a free will to do things, not because we're programmed. I always said this, a very simple martial, I always say this, if, you know, someone should put a, a new software, you know, I could imagine, I have a granddaughter who's very good at computers, and she would somehow send me an email and put onto my computer, say, hi, Saba, you know what I mean? The first time it was very cute. And the next day it would go on, also be cute. But after a while, I know it's, she had, it's just doing it by itself. But if she would call me every day, or my wife would call me every day at lunch, just say hello, that would be warming. Even though she's doing it every day, and it's free will that's getting expressed. You went out to trouble to pick up the phone and call. That is, it touches everyone, will touch anyone, even though daily will call you. Our free will to daven, our free will to acknowledge Hashem, our free will to do the right thing, is our challenge of life. And every time we do something, never make little out of it, it's very, very, very holy. Senator Nachman is saying this is why talking to Hashem is so important. Because it explains when you talk to Hashem, you connect your intellect to your heart, that it should become one. And then you really feel it, why I shouldn't be doing it. You really feel what I should do. A person, I once spoke to a, a couple, you know, they were engaged, they want to break engagement. She said to me a very profound thing. He says, my boyfriend is brilliant. He is a brilliant man. He says, the problem is he, you know, he does things for me because he calculates she needs it. I really need it. He doesn't come, you know, wow, I go out feeling 
He's a brilliant man, but everything is sort of calculated. I think she could use a phone call. I think that you know, I should send her a flower. You know, she said that was so annoying to her. He realized that there's no heart there. You know, everything is sort of, you know, the way he works and the way he thinks and everything is analyzed. And it's a good idea to, to do this. It's a good idea, rather spontaneous, caring, and loving. You know, it's very hard to have a, a relationship with someone that is not with the heart. So this is what the Nachman is saying, when the mind and the heart get together, your heart feels, I should do this thing, for, um, I, should, I should follow through and do this mitzvah and to do, be careful with this and how to do it, when to do it, and to control myself. Now, we all have urges and we all have, need to work on it. So when it's connected, you're much more able to control and discipline yourself. Then he says, <clears throat> This is really what he says in the next few sentences. In other words, the essence of knowledge is to know God is in one's heart, not just in one's mind. To bring Hashem into your heart, to feel the awesome of Hashem. A person should bring down and bind knowledge of God to his heart until it's taken by dread, fear, and awe of God's greatness. To feel, this is page 111 if you have it. If you feel, you know, you have to feel this, that awesomeness. You know, and then that's why even if you do it five minutes a day, if you feel it, or even if you're worthy to fill it five minutes a week, just think of the greatness of Hashem. And you know why we're so lucky? I always tell myself, most people have time to do it. We just don't give it ourselves the time. Just to be, you read stories. You know, I was uh, uh, speaking to my mom last week, and she described how there were times we didn't have time to catch your breath before the war, you know, even before the war started in World War II, how busy they were just to, to make sure there was food and everything. Today, we have a Sunday, and we have a Shabbos, and we relax, and we have a Memorials weekend, and another weekend here, and we have time to sit down. Why don't you look at the beautiful earth we're living on. Why don't you look up and see how amazing the sun is? Do you know if the sun would tilt three degrees wrong, closer or further, closer we would, we would burn up, further we would freeze to death. That's it, just three degrees off. We are, we are so incredible lucky and to be able to watch these things and see that a bunch of them really you know what I sometimes tell myself? It says, there's nothing I did to be what I am. Maybe 99% Hashem did. I have to put my part in. That I'm tall, there's nothing that I wanted to be tall. That I, uh, my intellect, is nothing that I did for that. There's 99% what you are, my health, you know, the people my age, I just found out that one of my dear friends is going through a major heart surgery, and I hope he pulls through at it. You know, a childhood friend my age, and I, never didn't, I just found out he was sick already for 10 years, didn't tell anyone. Many of these things, we, it's, Hashem gave, gave it to us. There's nothing. No one chose your body to be the body. You didn't choose, and you know, Hashem asked you before you came down, you know, there's... There's a line of different type of bodies. Which one do you want to check, you know, check for yourself? Like I joke, I once asked the Ralphs, 
manager many years ago, how many cereals do they have? She, she doesn't know, she'll get back to me. She says, we have 128, and not always 128 is out there, but we have 128 cereals. So that's why people standing in the cereals and they can't decide what to buy. This, 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 what should we get? I would say Hashem didn't ask us, he gave us, this is it. You are put here, this is the body you are, this is your parents who we are, this is who you are, you know, even your spouse. 99% of the time, this Hashem put it in front of us. And the children, and, and, and many, many, many things. All Hashem wants, we should get connected to Him. And you think about it, it's much easier to get connected this way because we do nothing sort of to our existence. Hashem does it. You know, Hashem made it that we need ear. Isn't it amazing, this ear, enough ear, oh, and it's, you don't have to pay money for it. You know, one of the most amazing things and things that you need the most is the cheapest. Ear, things that you need the least is the most expensive. You know, a diamond you need the least and it's expensive. The need the most, ear. The need a little bit more is water. Water is still plentiful. Sometimes we pay for it, sometimes not. We, we don't want water, we want a coffee, we want a tea, we want a Coke. Then there's something we need to eat that's not so much needed. You spend money for it. The things in the least that you need is the most expensive. And that's how she made the world. You know, diamonds and gems is the least you could exist. That becomes the most expensive item. I'm saying that Hashem made this for us. It is amazing. And the more you connect with Hashem, the more you bring a Hashem into your life, the more, and the how does the Nachman say to do it is talking to Hashem. When you talk, your mind and your heart gets connected. And you know what it also does? Someone told me, many years ago someone told me, he ma it made him into a more emotional person. See, men, especially children of Holocaust survivors, I'm a child of Holocaust, many, many do not express feelings. We grew up without expressing feelings. So I had a friend who told me that when he started talking to Hashem, it helped him express many of his feelings, which he could never do before that. And I said very simple why, but Nachman says when you talk to Hashem, your intellect and heart becomes like one. And it's much easier than to just say, much easier to be vulnerable, much easier, you know. Often people have a hard time, men especially, to say I'm sorry. You know, I have a bunch of daughters and always notice girls have a much easier time to say I'm sorry than the boys. You know, girls could be, you know, act much quicker vulnerable than a boy. But when you talk to Hashem and you realize how truly vulnerable we are, it doesn't take much, you know, something should go wrong. And the more you do this, Ram Nachman says, the more you have the fear of Hashem in you and the more you get connected to Hashem. Then he says, until he's awakening to serve him in truth and until finally merits the highest level of fear. Then there's a a level of fearness, and there's another level of fearness, he says, which is fear and awe the God, exalt the enemy, he will be known from the whole to be afraid. So in short, he's saying, the more person has awe of Hashem, then he says, which is very, very important, we spoke last week, after a while, you will understand Kabbalah. I explained this last week, and this is a big mistake. Many people think Kabbalah is, you could understand Kabbalah, if you have a, a bright person, 
people can understand the physics, it's not so difficult to learn Kabbalah, but Kabbalah should be one with you is very difficult. That demands fear and heart to really get it. It's like I've, I've met people who claim to be a psychologist, who talk about it, and, and you see it's just intellect, nothing, nothing that you grab onto. They could talk about intellectual psychology, but you see something is missing there because it's not part of their heart sort of connection with they are. And that's exactly what the Ramachma says. To understand Kabbalah, you have to have awe of Hashem. And your mind and heart must work together. When they work together, it, the, the teaching of Kabbalah will become one with you. You'll understand it. See, it's the Kabbalistic teaching, it is greatness of Hashem, but it is it could be very intellectualized and doesn't hit home. But when it's together, when you have fear and your heart and mind work together, you get a deep, deep understanding. And the understanding is something that you cannot even share. I mean, the, I mean, the deep understanding of it, like it's very hard to share with someone the greatness of Hashem when you feel when you meditate. It is something very, if, to yourself, you can't even explain the next day what you felt this day. Whenever you meditate, you see how awesome Hashem is and it hits you deeply. It's hard, how, what did I feel? It's very difficult to put those feelings into words. And you yourself, after a few hours, might forget it. Because that's what the Zoid explains. It's a very deep, deep-seated uh, thing. So what Nachman is explaining over here, the more a person talks to Hashem, and this is continues to last week, the more a person judges himself, takes accountability, which is very, very important, to, uh, to grow emotionally. In your Shema, you must have accountable for yourself. I explained in Shul this week's Pasha, a very fascinating thing. Dosson v'aviram tell Moshe Rabbeini, listen to what he tells them. He says to Moshe Rabbeini, not only didn't you take it out of Mitzrayim, and give us the land of milk, honey. You took it out, you promised us, and you broke your promise, and you're making us wander in the desert. It's like they're not responsible for it. The reason this happened, because they sinned. It's, it's like it all of a sudden, Dosan of Edom totally turns it around. We are tzaddikim. You didn't keep your word. It reminded me when the children are very young, when my children, they would do such a thing. You know, Abba, you didn't keep your word. Why didn't I keep your word? I, you were docked. You misbehaved. You didn't get a good mark. This son of Edom acted childish. He says, excuses to, 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 to Moshe Rabbeini. You promised to take us out of Mitzrayim to bring us to the land of honey, Eres, Zovas, Cholovadvash, and you didn't keep your promise. You make us wander in the desert. Hello, who's responsible for it? The more a person takes responsibility for their act, the more they could take awesomeness of Hashem into themselves. And the more they will grow. And Ramachman says, the better you'll understand spirituality, and the better you'll understand Kabbalah, the teachings of Kabbalah. You must take responsibility for yourself. And it's very important. And you know what? It's, it's very simple. A person should tell themselves, we unfortunately have shortcomings. I always tell people, there's nothing wrong to say, you know, I goofed. You know, um, nothing. We do make mistakes. We are humans. And that's what Hashem gave us the opportunity to talk to Hashem. 
and take responsibility. Yes, I shouldn't have done it. I was lax. I, I felt for temptation. Rabbi Shrine, please forgive me. I don't want to do it. And this is, you know, people take responsibility for themselves. I always say this. It's so nice to have a relationship with them because he doesn't blame you for everything. It could be your spouse, it could be your children, it could be your mom. It doesn't make a difference. As long as you know it's difficult when the other person doesn't take. And if the other person blames you, it's very hard to have a, a healthy relationship. Our people always like to blame everyone but themselves. Those relationships are very strained. And the same with us and Hashem. As long as we take... I, I say this story over and over again because it is such a clear story. I, there was a guy in shul, he used to come very late, late minion. He used to drop the children off in Teresamas, came from Beverly Hills, and they come to shul and always get into arguments with people. Minyan, you know, I was wondering if he doesn't even know the people, gets into argument, how does he get along with his wife? You know, usually we try to get along with people we don't know. You try to be called, you know, unfortunately, with your spouse, sometimes you, you're not such a great tzaddik. And the guy comes into shul, and he, he doesn't even know the people, gets into argument. I was wondering, after a while, it must have been at least two years, one day he knocks on my office door, he tells me this interesting story. Last night, I made an anniversary party, only six couples. And I got up, and I showed the gift that I bought my wife. I said to my friends, I should have gotten a gift a thousand times more expensive than this. She puts up with someone who's so crazy as me. But then I understood why he has shalom bias. He, he knows he's nuts, but he doesn't blame his wife. He knows. It's, if you blame the other person for your naughtiness, then it's very difficult to live. It's very difficult. He knows that he's this way, he's impulsive, and he, he, you know, he's a nudnik. He says, I know I'm a nudnik, and he, the way he described, it's possible to live with such a person. The person could be a thousand times nicer when anything goes wrong. It's your fault, it's his fault, and her fault, and you. It strains the relationship. The same is with us and Hashem. When a person with Hashem says, I am at fault, I goofed, not you know, you know, society made me goof, and you know, we have these fancy labels, you know, not to take responsibility. You know, uh, childhood trauma got him to do it, and you know, all these nonsense. The bottom line is, it could be because of childhood trauma made him, you know, more temptation for this person. It's true, there's no question. The certain people are tempted to certain things which an average person is not. This is their, their challenge. Like I explained, jealousy. Certain people somehow are born with deep-seated jealousy more than others. And it's terrible for them. I watch them suffer terrible. They have to work on it. This is their job and their challenge to look and not to be busy with your jealousy, rather be happy what you have and focus that way. Certain people are, have other challenges in life. So, when a person takes responsibility, Nachman says, you take Malchus, that's what he explained the pages before, and you connect to Hashem, then slowly you become, you could fulfill and do a right path. See, what, often we want to do the right thing and we get stuck. 
Rab Nachman is saying, the more you judge yourself, you take responsibility judging, he says, yes, today I, I could have davened better, I shouldn't have eaten what I eaten, I shouldn't have done this, I'm sorry for doing this, and I'm not going to do it. Take accountability for yourself. And the, these two things helps a person get so much connected to Hashem. Any question before I go on? He goes into a little bit, a little bit different topic. He says, "So let me read this in English." Number four. He says a very interesting concept. He says, "When we call out to God with imagery that applies to flesh and blood, you know, when we talk to Hashem, we give Him. We see. It's a very common understanding thing. Is." When we talk to Hashem, we could only talk what we experience. If I tell you the coffee is sweet, the only reason you know what it is, because you have tasted sweet. So when I say the coffee is sweet, you understand what sweetness is. And if I tell you the chair is maroon, you know what maroon is because you know what colors is. If a person never experienced any of this, there's nothing you could explain. A blind person, you can't tell him what colors is. And a person who doesn't have taste buds, you cannot explain to him. So when we talk to Hashem, we use very often, we say Hashem is big. You know, big is a very relative word, it's only for us. Today, even scientists say, physicists say, the word big is nothing. The universe is so big that they believe that it is something even bigger than, bigger than, bigger than the whole universe, because it's so awesome. So even the word big, or the body Shalom, is awesome. It's only things that we feel. We see, we see something small, and then we say it's big. We see we're not awed, then we are awed. All these things are, are, are expressions we have to Hashem, and Hashem allows us to express ourselves with these words to Hashem. Because really, Hashem is beyond all this. Imagine, you, you're gonna, the Gemara gives this explanation. The Gemara explains this. Imagine you want to praise the king. And the king is worth, let's say, guy, just king, let's take it practical. Take care. You want to say Bill Gates, so we all know is worth the $80 billion. I'm not, I'm not in finances, but someplace around $80 billion. Guy says to you, you know how rich Bill Gates is? He's worth $30 million. You insulted him. If he would read such an article, he would take it as a personal insult. First, it's billion, and it's not 30, it's 80. Now, for us, you know, it doesn't make a difference. But, but the truth is, Gemara gives us Marshall, when we praise Hashem, that all our praises never, 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 never comes to what, the, what Hashem is, because it's beyond what we comprehend. So Hashem allows us to express ourselves, to connect ourselves that way. That's a gift of Hashem. I want you to be close to me, Hashem says. And how you're going to, by davening. The fact that we could daven and say these words is a gift that Hashem gave us, that we could be connected. See, in, in later in Renachman, another place, it says that even deeper. The fact that we could have a relationship with God is an incredible thing. You know, many often, many, there are many people love and when I moved to California, you noticed this, that many people love to rub shoulders with celebrities. 
Okay, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up this way. I grew up without a television, and I don't watch movies. I don't know who they are. But I'll tell you an interesting story. I was waiting at the airport, going to New York, and I had an LAX, and I didn't know he was a celebrity, and this people next to me, mouth opened up, and I, I thought something happened. You know, he points me, who's he? I don't know who he was, and say the name. <laughs> no idea. And then one of the ladies realized, and she tried to explain to me he's a famous actor, and with his, uh, I think his girlfriend, and they, you know, they walked up front, and someone told me it's called Starstruck. Stark is what it's called. I, it's, there are people who would love to have a personal relationship with these people, and they can't. I mean, it's whatever the psychological reason is. And there are many people who love to have a relationship with the president. And many people, as there's a king, would have to. God tells us, you could have a relationship with me. I want you to be close to me. He invites us. Every day he waits, we should, we should connect to him. And this is one of the most important things of being Jewish, which, which is forgotten always, is to make a relationship with Hashem. God should be in your life. He, imagine this. He says, I, not just he says, he begs us, be close to me. Imagine, you know, your mom tells you, you know, all of our moms says, you don't call me enough. You know, and if you still have a mom, you always hear that. You haven't called me again. Hashem, that, and we, we get annoyed because we do call and whatever. Hashem doesn't annoy you. He says, I wish you'll be close to me. And whenever you call, I pick up the phone, I'm there for you. You know, this is what he says. This is the greatest gift that Hashem gave us. And that gift comes that we could use words, which is not really befitting to Hashem. You're great, and you're awesome, and you're loving. You know, all this is only the way we see it, the way we need to perceive, and we, need, we feel. You know, Hashem is beyond all this, but he created us this way so we could have a relationship with Hashem this way. So what Rav Nachman is saying is entire part over here, I want to uh, explain this, he says, is that Hashem wants us to be connected. And you, you, know, you know what Kabbalah learning is? I'm going to explain this very clearly because many people get confused. The teachings of Kabbalah is you we get an understanding the awesomeness of Hashem. That's really what it is. And that's what many people get attracted to because many people want this missing the relationship with Hashem. But it becomes too, as I said, if you don't connect mind and heart, you, there's nothing there. But this is what the whole Kabbalah learning is like a feeling, wow. What, I'm close to Hashem. It's a very, very powerful feeling. And the more you daven and the more you talk in your language, you take time and you speak to Hashem, the more you become a connected person. To quote someone who once told me, when he started doing the Nachman's meditation, talking to Hashem, he said he found himself much better. He, get, he gets connected to himself. I don't know exactly what he tried to say, but it's a deep psychological thing he told me to himself. You know, and in truth, it is this way. Because when you talk to Hashem, I always, you know, when one of my daughters, when she was young, 
She used to say, love you. I used to say, you have to say, I love you. I love you. Because love has to be an I. It's not love you, it's I love you. Love means nothing. It's I love you. Then you get connected. And the person loves you. There's a connection there. This is the connection that there exists. <clears throat> no, let me, let me go just to number five. I'm going to explain this. Another piece of this whole title, he says. You know, to explain the next piece, it, uh, people have a better understanding nowadays than ever. No, we humans are born selfish. What it means is, I don't know if we're born selfish, but when the baby cries, the first thing is we do is we answer the cry. The baby has a pamper and cries, the baby's hungry and cries, and then we get a little older and we quetch, and our parents, we parents just give in. And if they quetch enough, it depends how strong you are, and uh, we all know how to, having children, this is, so what happens is, you know, as we slowly think about ourselves, I always try to explain teenagers, you gotta unselfish yourself. That's the trick. Teenage years are very difficult for teenagers because we're beginning to see you can be so selfish. And it's hard not to be so selfish. And they're confused for many reasons. One of the things we do in life, most of us, is we, we could have a, a person thinks of themselves first and foremost. You get up in the morning, the first and foremost is you take care of yourself. That's, that's normal. The trick is that you want to take care of another person. If you're married, you take care of your spouse. And you have children, you think about your spouse. What, I need, what do my children need today? What food do they need? What, am I, what should I get for them? You know, there is another level. The same we have with Hashem. Often, our relationship with Hashem is, I need this. I need panasa, and I need health, and I need a job, and I need, uh, it's me, it's me, and I need, and I need, and I need. It's very one-sided. The Zoe says, Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is waiting. You are barking like a dog eye. What about me? Where am I in the picture? So there's a part that you have to remember to dive, not just about yourself. You should start davening not just about yourself, you should daven also the part where Hashem. Think sometimes, you know, I want to just daven for the sake of Hashem. I want to say the beginning of davening, praise Hashem because uh, for Him. Like healthy people know how to do, you know, if a, I once uh, I explained to a young guy, he has a trouble in his marriage, newlywed. I says, I notice you're an accountant. He says, Robert, what do you mean I'm a count? I'll tell you why. You're in your mind, I did away with my wife a favor, now she has to do me back a favor. And you know, you are busy, you know, being an accountant over here. That's not gonna work, I told them. When, a, when you do something for your spouse, you do it because it's my sp your spouse. I want to make her happy. Not you waiting now, ah, oh, something what's underneath and getting from it. It doesn't work. You gotta do it because I wanna help my this. I love my spouse, I love my children, I want to do it, but it's just, just for them. Lahavdil, we, we, our relationship with Hashem should not be always my needs. It's very important to speak about your needs, and Hashem wants us. But He also wants us just not forget about me, 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 me. He wants you to daven the Shem Shemayim. 
means praise Hashem just because you want to praise Hashem. Not because all of a sudden, ah, I praised Hashem, I'm expecting something now. You owe me one now. You should just be able to unselfish yourself and say, I want to say Telamte, my mincha, my name. I'm just davening because I want to love Hashem. He says, that's, he explains that the Zoe says, number five, you see, there exists a snake that tempts a person to pray for his own personal benefits. You know why this snake in, in Kabbalah, there's a very deep explanation. The snake is a loner. You know what the Zoe says? You know that a snake, you'll never see two snakes, says the Zoe, hunting food. You ever notice? A very interesting thing the Zoe points out. Animals, very, most animals, Hunt even a lion. They have to go to pride. They don't hunt. You know, if it's a small meal, he'll do it himself. But usually, lions and many, 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 many animals do it together. A snake is a great loner. You know, loners are the most dangerous people. Always these serial killers turn out to be these loners and loners. The people make noise. There's always a saying: the noisy people have nothing to be afraid of. There's those quiet loners you have to be afraid of. A loner, the snake the Zoe represents is a loner and is only focused on himself. Very, very focused on, on himself, he says. He says, um, as give us life, give us bread, and similar better. A person must overcome this, however, and attempt to pray without any thought of person again at all, as if he has not, not even in this world. And, and this way he will merit to attain the high, hidden light which is for the tzaddikim. What he's saying is when a person could get to that level, he will, be at, he will be have the hidden light. And going back to the hidden light, he'll understand the teachings of Kabbalah much better. Unself, you know, you notice that people who know how to give for themselves without waiting are the most loving people. The people who know how to just give for themselves, not waiting for anything are easy to get with, along with this. The havdil between us and Hashem also works this way. When you dive into Hashem and you don't expect that, I just want to praise Hashem. He's the creator of the universe. I just want to do it for Him. What happens really, he says, Ram Nachman, the light of Hashem lights into you and you'll understand the teachings of Kabbalah much, much better, he says. Yeah, but it's, you know, we have to aspire to high levels. Every person goes to work, thinks that one day they'll make it rich. No one goes to work and say, you know, I don't expect anything. You know, we hope to hit this way, this deal. Person has to aspire to, to want to, to get to high levels. Well, just... It, the reaching is to be able to feel the presence of Hashem all the time, which is a great, great, great uh, level. Any other question? Yeah. So true, yeah. That's, that's true. Well, person, when you know, in, in every relationship, you do something small for your partner, for your children. You surprise your children. There's a bond that creates that.
Of course, when you dive into Hashem, you see that it, it comes through you it's much. But there's a level, what Ramachman says, which is hard for most people, is not to think about yourself all the time. A good marriage and a good relationship is not be able to think about your partner. Even you know there's nothing you're going to gain out of it. Nothing. Just because your partner or your children and your mom, your friend needs a phone call of a hello, that itself is just a great thing. So with Hashem also, we should be able to start, say, I want to daven today. Mincha, if you didn't have a shachas yet, I want to just because I want to praise Hashem. He's so great. And truth is, I've, I say, I think to myself this every day, the love that the Hashem has for us, it is unbelievable. We don't know how to accept that love. See, it's not he's doing it because I'm your spouse and I'm your father, and you're my child, you depend on me. The, the love of Hashem is just outpouring to us. And if a person could ever feel that love, he would melt. We don't develop, you know, antennas to accept that love. Many often people have a problem generally being loved for, for their, whatever happened to them. But just the truth is, the, the, the fact that everyone right now sitting here is alive. I'm sure every one of us knows people who are the same age, appear who is not here. The fact that you're living, your heart is beating, is the love of Hashem. Nothing else. Yes? One second. Well, the Banisham, no, Hashem, the Banisham keeps on saying, I love you. The Chet Maragnum was, two weeks ago in the Parsha, the, the spies, they tried to incite the Jews, says, Hashem doesn't love you, he abandoned you. They took you out in the desert, now you're all on your own, abandoned. This is. This, this is a, it, it's, it's, the Torah says it. Yeah, well, love is very easy, you know, it's easy to talk about. You know, I, I always marvel that all movies, I, get, I grew up without them, and whatever you know about them, is always about love and relationship and romance, not all, some are violence, some are violence, are violence, I was told. But I'm saying some of the movies are, isn't it amazing that the, the, the 60% of marriages turn out into a divorce? Just because we talk about love means nothing. Talk is cheap, as they say. The person has to live a loving life. The person has to live a loving Tashem. That's, you know, it, nothing wrong just to tell yourself every day, Hashem loves me. You know, if you, the, the, the Svas Emes says when a person is, I want to say a frightening thing, a person goes through a hardship in life and would say to himself the whole time Hashem loves me, it makes Hamtoka Sadin, things will change in his life drastically. But people have a hard time. It's very hard for people to accept. Hashem really loves me. It's a very hard time. Yes, you want to ask something? Yeah. I, I have another. It's 
Yeah. 